You're listening to the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. This is a conversation all about leadership, vision, and joining in God's activity wherever you are. You can follow along with today's episode using the show notes at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast or on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, welcome to episode number four of the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. My name is Scott. I'll be the host of this podcast. The word praying helps you lead like never before wherever God has you leading. Um, This is a special episode. We started last episode uh, talking about a principle that Pastor Vance is going to unpack in just a minute, but we are in the middle of the month here in the month of March releasing this episode because we didn't get to all four of the principles that Pastor Vance has to teach us uh, out of the book of Proverbs. So Pastor Vance is with me here. We're in our offices here at Hope Church in Las Vegas. And last episode, we uh, looked at Proverbs chapter 30, and we're really looking at four characteristics of wise leaders. Pastor Vance, you're here with me. We're going to go ahead and jump right in. We're going to read Proverbs chapter 30. We're going to unpack these first two again, just as a way of reminder. And then we'll jump into uh, number three and four of these characteristics. Absolutely, Scott. Great to be here. And just uh, to remind our listeners that uh, this is really born out of a principle that you read the proverb every day that corresponds to the day of the month. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs, and so most months have 30, 31 days except for February, and it's an opportunity to read the proverb daily that corresponds to the day of the month to glean God's wisdom. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. Psalms, I like to think, is a book that gives us more the heart of God, but Proverbs is a book that really gives us the mind, the wisdom of God, His perspective. And one of the Proverbs I was reading, uh, Proverbs chapter 30, I saw these principles on leadership. So let me just read it, Proverbs chapter 30, beginning in verse 24. The writer of Proverbs says, Four things are small on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. The ants are not a strong people, but they prepare their food in the summer. The Shephanim, or better known as badgers, are not mighty people, yet they make their houses in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet all of them go out in ranks. The lizard you may grasp with the hands, yet it is in the king's palaces. Yeah, the first uh, two characteristics of wise leaders that we talked about last time, if you haven't listened, please go back and listen to episode three. Pastor Vance unpacked really verses 24 and 25, and we saw that wise leaders plan ahead. The ants prepared beforehand. Again, we talked extensively about this in episode three. And then secondly, the badgers think strategically. They make houses in the rocks. Again, Pastor Vance really unpacked that really well in episode three. If you haven't heard that, go back and download that. Listen to us unpack those couple verses, but we are going to jump into the third characteristics of wise leaders. Go ahead, Pastor Vance. Yeah, and before I even say that, Scott, just a reminder that these are some verses in Proverbs that I've literally probably read hundreds of times in my personal time with the Lord, my God time, having read for months and months and months and years the proverb that corresponds to the day of the month. This was one of those sections that I'd read and read and read, and every time I'd get to it, I'd think, okay, I'm going to read through this fast. And then one day, the Holy Spirit of God just showed me these wisdom characteristics about leaders right out of these examples that the writer of Proverbs is giving us. So the third one is in verse 27. He talks about the locusts having no king, yet all of them go out in ranks. And the locusts here uh, really demonstrate interdependence and submission to one another for the success of the greater whole. 
That idea that they go out in ranks in the Hebrew language literally means that they travel in groups or they move together. And the reality of the locust is it's a really small little creature, but together they are able to accomplish so much more. You let one locust uh, come into your field and it's not a big deal. But when all the locusts move together into your field, they can bring severe destruction and devastation. So it's this principle that wise leaders work together. The reality is, Scott, that you and I can do more together than we can do by ourselves. And so this principle that leadership involves other people and you work together uh, to accomplish the greater good or the purpose of whatever it is that you're you're seeking to accomplish. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. I'm reading a book right now. I was just trying to look up the title. Um, but it's about this idea of teamwork, and it really talks about in working within teams, we have to look for people who are humble, who are hungry, and who are smart. Um, and I love these ideas. And, and as you just were describing the locusts, I'm thinking— well, they're definitely hungry. They're definitely <laughs> smart. Uh, I don't know about the humble part, but this is something that when you see teams working together, think about Super Bowl winning teams. I know you're a huge Alabama fan, uh, another national championship under your guys' belt this last year. I mean, you see people who, sure, they have superstars, but they have people who are working together as a whole. You don't just put a Tom Brady or somebody like that out there by himself against a whole team working together. He doesn't stand a chance. Um, and we have a lot of those ideas and, and principles here at Hope that I'd love for you to kind of share with our leaders of things that we, I mean, we have, if you'd let me say, a superstar on our team and you, um, but you understand the reality of you need a whole team. And, and, and I'd love for you to unpack that for our leaders of how we see this practically, specifically in your leadership and how that spills over into other people's and their leadership. Yeah, I'll give you two examples. The first is one that I think is transferable to anyone in any situation where you might be leading. You're, if you're listening to this and you're a pastor, I think this is applicable for you. But if you're a school teacher, if you're a contractor, if you're an engineer, if you're an attorney, I think this is also applicable for you. And here's here's one of the implications of how you see this working together principle lived out in leadership, and that's this, that wisdom always seeks counsel. Um. I've, I've taught our team here at Hope that you never make a decision on an island. Counsel from other people, input from other people always makes your decision a stronger, better, smarter decision. And so you see it over and over again in Proverbs, this idea that wisdom seeks counsel, but it's really lived out in this principle of leadership and working together with others. And there's really three reasons why we should always seek counsel in every decision that we're making. Number one, my perspective is always limited. There are things in a given decision that I simply cannot see. I need input from other people to be able to see that. I need their perspective. I need to see it through their eyes. So my perspective is always limited. Number two, my input is never enough. Um, there are things I don't know that other people know. There are experiences that other people have had that I've not had. There are decisions other people have made that I've not made. And so when I eliminate their input... I'm robbing myself of valuable information that I don't have. So my perspective is always limited. My input is never enough. And then number three, my flesh is always deceitful. Specifically as a Christian leader, we understand that uh, we have a flesh. And our flesh is constantly warring against us, the Scripture teaches us. It's warring against the Spirit to bring destruction and devastation into our lives. 
And the bottom line is, in every decision, my flesh, my heart will lie to me. My heart will tell me this is what you need to do. This is what you, my gut will tell me this is the direction you need to go. But it's when I get input and counsel from others that sometimes God uses that to expose the wickedness of my own heart to show me that he really would want to lead me in a different direction. So one example is that wisdom always seeks counsel because my perspective is always limited. My input is never enough and my flesh is always deceitful. Going back to what we just talked about, this idea of humility, everything you just said takes great humility. I Without mean, you a doubt. hear, you know, if you're on social media, which you are, you got social media following, everyone's always telling you how awesome you are. And you have to, you know, not just you, but all leaders, if you're in any sort of leadership position, a lot of times you are getting praise, you are getting accolades. And for, for you to come to the place of humility to say, my perspective is always limited, my input is never enough, and my flesh is always deceitful. I wrote something down. Uh, you and I were traveling a couple weeks ago uh, to uh, Toronto, Canada, and we had the amazing privilege and opportunity to actually sit down with uh, Paul Tripp at dinner. And uh, he said something. And I wrote it down on my phone. And as you were just talking, I wrote it down. He said that uh, this is a seasoned leader, 40 plus years of ministry. He said that as leaders, we have to be humble enough to listen and then to respond. I think that's awesome when you're thinking about this idea of teamwork. Um, the 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 Tom Brady's, the the superstars of the sports teams that we all love. There's times when they are humble enough to listen and respond to what their coaches and other players are telling them. And I think it's great as we look at the locusts in Proverbs 30 of this idea of wise leaders working together. I think the principle of humility is is huge in this particular aspect of leadership and working together. And I think it's a thing that we have to think about as leaders. The longer you lead, the more your flesh will deceive you and the thinking, maybe I don't need the input. I've, I've been here before. I've led in this situation for a long time. We've made decisions like this. But the bottom line is yesterday's grace is not sufficient for today's battle. Um, I may have walked through this situation before, but God may be wanting to do something very different and very unique in this situation. So I need fresh input, fresh counsel, fresh wisdom from others. And you, you, we just wisdom always seeks counsel. And I think it's an important example of this. Another example of this, Scott, um, that we see here in the life of our church, and this is something that would be more applicable to you if you're a pastor or a teacher, um, but it is the principle we talked about a little bit last time, but that of the way we utilize a teaching team. And uh, one of the gifts that God's given me is the ability to be a, a, an effective teacher of His Word. But one of the things that we started a number of years ago here at Hope with intentionality was this idea of a teaching team, because I wanted the church here at Hope to be built not on the personality or style of one person, but on the message and the mission of the gospel that's given to us in Scripture. So we didn't want it to revolve around a personality, but we wanted it to be mission and message-driven. And so I incorporated this idea of a teaching team, which we have multiple teachers who teach in the life of our church, but I also have involved them in the preparation process. So even, even in the study, we team study together to a certain point, and then it gets handed off to whoever's doing the teaching that weekend. And I'll just say for me, when I began this, Scott, it was deeply transformational because as a preacher of the gospel, one of the toughest things for me every week, you study, 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 and then you preach on Sunday. And then you come back in on Monday or Tuesday, and you got that blank piece of paper and a Bible again, where you're supposed to start over and study, study, study. And sometimes for me, the hardest part was the beginning. 
And I think it's because I knew the 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 labor that was involved once you started that, that was just something in me that was hesitant to even begin. I'd find a thousand other things to do versus get in. So now we have our teaching team meeting every Tuesday morning, first thing for two or three hours. And all the guys that are assigned for that week come together and we're in that room together. And what it did for me was it invigorated my own teaching because by the time that teaching team meeting is over and we've dug into that text of scripture, I can't wait to dive into the study because it's created such a hunger in me for God's word. So it invigorated me. It changed and challenged me. But secondly, it allowed me to involve others in the teaching process so that now when I stand up and preach on Sunday, I'm not the only one connected to that. There are many people that have had a voice, and I quote other people from our team, and there are a lot of people now leaning into the message with a sense of ownership because we've studied that out together. And then finally, it's given me a platform to raise up other teachers. And Scott, you're an example of that as we sit here together doing this. You joined our team a number of years ago in a student role. Uh, Now you're one of the uh, worship leaders and the executive pastor of Hope Creative here at Hope. But you're also a part of this teaching team, and I would argue a very competent, skilled um, expositor of God's Word. And I think that's this process that we utilize of working together has allowed guys like you to be raised up. And now, I mean, Scott, you're second to none. You can communicate God's Word, but it was this principle of, I could have done that myself, but but bringing others into the process and working together has has allowed us all to grow. Absolutely. No, I can attest to that as well. I mean, I came in never having spoken in front of anybody at all in my life. And for the last eight or nine years of being on the team, just sat in those Tuesday meetings and have gleaned just innumerable amount of, of wisdom and and learning from guys like you who have been doing it for over 25 years. So um, if you missed it, write it down. Wise leaders work together. That book I mentioned earlier, we'll put in the show notes, been really helpful with this concept in my own life. It's called The Ideal Team Player by Patrick Lencioni. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes, but that's a great resource if you want to dive into what we just talked about a little more and, and, and find out how to work together better with your team. Uh, let's move for the sake of time on to characteristic yep. number four out of Proverbs 30. The fourth characteristic, Scott, is that wise leaders maximize capacity. You see that here in verse 28. The Bible says, the lizard you may grasp with your hands, yet it is in the king's palaces. And so he's talking about really the the, 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 how small and how really insignificant. I mean, lizards, you can, you can just reach over and pick them up with your hand. And yet they maximize or you find them in, in the most incredible places. Um, so he's talking about the lizard really utilizing its ability to the fullest. When you look up the word capacity in a dictionary, it means the ability to do something. And so what we're really talking about is as a leader, maximizing our ability to lead. And I think there's some applications uh, out of this as to how we need to do that. Number one, if you're going to maximize capacity, you need to know your strengths. It's a thousand little tests and exercises you can go through to help identify your strengths. We've used several of those here at Hope Church with our leaders. Um, But you need to know what your strengths are. And uh, part of that involves getting input from others to help you identify what those are. But know what your strengths are. And then number two, you need to work from your strengths. When you identify your strengths as a leader, it's important that you then work from your strengths. And here's a couple of questions 
um, to help you uh, identify working from your strengths. Number one, to ask yourself the question, what is it that only I can do? When I think about where I am and the and the seat that I'm in here on, on the Hope Church bus, if you will, there are some things at Hope Church that only I can do. So what are those things that only I can do? And then here's the follow-up question. What are those things that I'm doing that somebody else could do at least 80% as good as I think I could do it? And if you're going to really work from your strengths, those things that only you can do are the things that you need to be doing and you need to be giving to others those things that you think they could at least do 80% as good as you. And here's what I've found. When I give away those things that I think, well, I think he could do it at least 80% as good as me, here's what I've discovered. Most of the time, they do it better than I was doing it because it was a sort of strength for me, but it was a real strength for them. And what it's done is it's increased our bandwidth in other areas because they're now doing some of those functions that I used to do, but they're doing them so much better than I was able to do them. So know your strengths, work from your strengths. Number three, you got to be disciplined not to allow areas of weakness to dominate your schedule. And then number four, you need to develop a team to cover your weaknesses. So know what your strengths are, then use some things to help you make sure you're working from your strengths. And then be disciplined not to let areas of weakness dominate your schedule because what will tend to happen is you'll start pulling things back in that maybe aren't your strength. And because you're not as good at those things, it takes you longer to do them and they'll dominate your schedule. And then number four, the things that you're not the best at still have to get done. And that's where leadership comes in. You raise up others and equip them and give away those responsibilities. And what this is doing is maximizing your capacity as an organization. Yeah. I hate to keep picking on Tom Brady, but we saw that very, very well in the Super Bowl when he went out for a pass and caught a pass that was right in his hands and every <laughs> meme around the internet exploded. But uh, I mean, but seriously, what you're saying is so true. You've heard the old leadership principle that says you can do everything okay, or you can do a few things excellent and equip other people to do what they do excellent. Right. Um, that That's so huge because only one, Tom Brady's an amazing quarterback. He's not a great receiver. He would not be a great running back. Um, and Again, he has a team of people around him to do those things well because that's what they do very, very, very well. So, And I'll just this. say this, Scott, because I know you're a big Dallas Cowboy fan. Amen. He's not a great quarterback. <laughs> He's the greatest quarterback of all time. So okay. let's just get that on the record. Dak's only in his second year. We'll see We'll see what happens with Dak Prescott. <laughs> but, uh, man, this has been so good. I, I, I love this for our leaders. I hope if you haven't, again, listened to Episode 3, you'll go back. Everything we just did with these last couple verses in Proverbs 30, we did it for the first few in, uh, in Episode 3. Go back and listen between these two episodes, four characteristics of wise leaders. Anything else you would advance for our leaders before we sign off today? Yeah, Scott, I would just remind them this. Um, the four characteristics of wise leadership are great. They're right out of Scripture. But the real principle, don't miss this, is this is being heard from God through reading the book of Proverbs daily. God's given us a book that is loaded with His wisdom. And if we'll just devote time to letting God speak to us through His Word, principles like this. The book of Proverbs is a treasure chest of principles just like this. So take advantage every day of that opportunity. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. We'll be back in just a couple weeks as we kick off April with another episode that we hope blesses you and encourages you in your leadership wherever God has you leading. We'll see you next time on the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. 
for joining us for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. You can find all the show notes on your favorite podcasting app or at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. We will be releasing a new episode on the first Monday of every month to help you and your teams lead like never before. 